It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. For the first time this season, we do not have a victory Monday. As I'm sure you know, the Packers fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38-10 to on Sunday afternoon in a game that played out very differently than I think most people thought it would go. The Packers pulled an about face. They came out as the team making sloppy mistakes, turning the ball over, getting penalties. And getting Devontae Adams back didn't help the offense that much. They managed 10 points, and they averaged under four yards a pass. Kenny Clark comes back, doesn't help the pass rush very much. They can't get after Tom Brady at all. The Packers managed four QB hits, no sacks. Four QB hits, no sacks. And one of those QB hits was Will Redman late in the game when it didn't matter. The defense did not play well enough. The offense did not play well enough. No one played well enough. The coaches did not coach well enough. And after the game, Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers each said the same thing. You can't practice poorly and expect to play well. Aaron went so far as to say that they needed a little bit of a kick in the ass, that they were feeling themselves a little too much. And this loss looks remarkably similar to basically all of the losses from last season. They came out of the bye week last year and lost 38-7 to the 49ers. Now that game looks different than this one. We find out after the game it had been a bad week of practice and they, they go behind early. The defense can't stop the bleeding. The offense can't make up for it. And all of a sudden, they're getting blown out. This is an unfortunate trend in the losses. Now, luckily, there haven't been very many. 17-4 and under Matt LaFleur in the regular season is pretty good. They'd won nine straight regular season games. But this is the second worst passer rating of Aaron Rodgers' career. 
And it was a game where he played poorly. And, you know, you miss a, a possible touchdown to Mercedes Lewis late on the throw to Aaron Jones that that he probably should have had, but still late on it and just didn't didn't play well. Seemed after that pick six to be seeing ghosts a little bit. And, and credit Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is an incredible defensive coordinator. He came out and had a great plan and just said, I'm going to bring guys. And I'm going to I'm going to muck up everything that's going on in the middle and all of these run fits where the center needs to get to the linebacker. Well, if I send the linebacker, it's really hard for the the center to get there. I mean, he had a great plan and the loss of Tyler Irvin meant all of that horizontal motion that they love to use. They didn't have someone who could come in that they felt confident filling that role. They thought they could make do. They thought, oh, Aaron Rodgers is playing great. So we can go to some more of the just. You know, simple, classic tight end, Y motion, and all the stuff that had been working suddenly goes out the window. Well, that's what happened in the Chargers game. That's what happened in the 49ers game. They they tried to play a more vanilla brand of offense, and against a good defense, which Tampa Bay has, it wasn't good enough. It just wasn't good enough. And in any facet, I mean, the offense didn't play well. They didn't block well. And the the defense didn't play well. They did not play good situational football. By the same token, though, you look at this game, Green Bay, they give up 38 points defensively. Okay, they only give up 31 defensively. 324 yards. 324 yards. I looked it up because Tampa had... had 38 points before they got to 300 yards. Since 1994, just two teams had scored 38 and had under 300 yards of offense. It was the 2016 Falcons and this Tampa Bay team. It is an anomaly. The Aaron Rodgers pick six and the other pick that gives them first and goal to two, that's 14 points. It's 14 points that you've gift-wrapped your opponent. Now, that's still a 14-point loss, but the game feels different. It's a, it's in phase in a different way. And Green Bay, remember, they go up 10-0 in this game. But they went up 10-0 because they were converting third and longs. They were not having success on first down, not having success on second down. And that led to Aaron Rodgers making a couple plays on third down that were also kind of unsustainable. And we saw that because, guess what? Green Bay didn't sustain them. And the play sheet is depressing. Green Bay scores on their first two possessions. After that, this is brutal. After that, three plays, no yards, pick six. Three plays, seven yards, pick. Three plays, zero yards. Three plays, Minus four yards. Five plays, two yards, half ends. Second half, three plays, five yards. Nine plays, 23 yards. Three plays, four yards. Six plays, 22 yards. Three plays, minus seven yards. It was a disaster offensively. An absolute disaster in all phases. In all phases, drops, missed throws, missed blocks. I mean, you know things are really going bad when Jamal Williams is missing blitz pickups. 
And when he's got to, to decide which one of two guys that he's supposed to block, the Packers lose David Bakhtiari in this game. Rick Wagner comes in and is absolutely atrocious. Now, left tackle, right tackle is definitely a harder transition than I think most people realize. And so I'm willing to give him a little bit of a pass on that, having to go up against Shaq Barrett and JPP in that front on no notice at the wrong position is going to be difficult for anyone. But no one played well. No one played well. And this was still a game that ultimately was kind of fluky. The turnovers, the the absolutely perfect game that the Buccaneers played did not commit a single penalty. This is the most penalized team in football. They didn't commit a single penalty. That's just probably not replicable. They score 31 offensive points. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans do pretty much nothing. And until the end of the game, the Packers, the run defense was fine. I mean, the final numbers make it seem like, oh, they didn't do a very good job. 35 carries, 158. But until when the game was in the balance, when the game was there to be won, this is something we talk about all the time, right? When the game was there to be won, the run defense was fine. It was fine. And the coverage was actually pretty good. Now, the Rob Gronkowski stuff, yeah, not not great. Not great. He had he'd been looking absolutely toasted, washed. He goes out five catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Part of that is because Tom Brady played really well. Played really well in the little that they asked him to do. But in a game where he throws for 166 yards, I mean, think about this. If we'd gone into this game and I told you, Tom Brady's going to throw for a buck 66 and Godwin and Evans are going to combine six catches for 58 yards. You would have told me this score is reversed. And it wasn't like they lost the game because they couldn't stop Ronald Jones. It just wasn't. The final numbers do not tell the story. They absolutely do not tell the story because when, when this game was still in the balance, the, the Buccaneers were averaging under four yards a carry. A lot of garbage time runs. Now, We can't discount garbage time because this team did not look enthused. They did not look energetic. They stopped playing to a certain degree, and Tampa did not. And this is a team that last year did not take a punch well. Now this year, they go down to the Lions, they they stayed on track, and they come back, and they win. And And they win going away. That's the Lions. And it's the Lions without Kenny Galladay and without Justin Coleman and and some guys who, you know, are back now and playing. The Lions look like a real NFL team now. They didn't in that game. Green Bay has not shown the ability with any kind of consistency to show mental toughness enough to take a punch and recover. And they were up 10-0. So they, they shouldn't have needed to take a punch. But they did. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers score 38 consecutive points, the most in the Aaron Rodgers era for an opponent, and it looked like a game where Tampa wanted it more. Tampa played with more focus. They played with more tenacity, with more verve, and it was not a game where this team had its usual swagger, where they had their usual energy, their their usual verve. It just wasn't there. And they need to figure this out because they're not going to come out hot 
in every game. You know, they they staked themselves to a 10-0 lead and lost. You just, that can't happen. You can't go on the road, go up 10-0 and lose. And you certainly can't do it by allowing 38 straight points where your offense does nothing. Today's episode is brought to you by Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. There are excuses that you can make. You can just brush it off. But a healthy life includes a healthy sex life. But if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is also simple. Just go to roman.com slash locked on. Go to roman.com slash locked on and get $50 off your first month of ED treatment if you need it, plus a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked on. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football here on the Locked On Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. That's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So this leads to the obvious question. What's going on? What's wrong? How do they fix this? Offensively, I think it's as simple as you need a little bit more continuity with some of these backup players. You know, Darius Shepard is out there and EQ is getting work back into the fold. He clearly not up to speed in the offense. First play that they run to him is a little RPO. He's late to get out of his outcut, and and the throw looks off, but it's really a timing problem with EQ. He's got to be out of that break faster. Second time, they run a little receiver screen to him. Ball is a little off the mark, and he's not able to make the play. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be this inaccurate over the course of the season. He was deadly over the first four games. He's just not the guy. That is going to be 2011 for 16 games anymore. And and look, most guys aren't. Russell Wilson isn't. Patrick Mahomes isn't. Well, Patrick Mahomes basically has never had a bad game. But um, most quarterbacks, even the otherworldly ones, are going to have some bad games. This was an unusually bad game for Aaron Rodgers for a number of reasons. He doesn't throw pick sixes ever. Only the third one of his career. He doesn't have multi-interception games. Raymond James Stadium apparently is his metrodome for Brett Favre, where he just, for whatever reason, he goes there and weird things happen. He just can't stop throwing the ball to other teams. Aaron Rodgers has two pick sixes to the Buccaneers and one to the rest of the league. 
Think about that. It's just crazy. And almost had a third one. Almost has three and one. Was two yards away from it. So that stuff is is just not going to happen consistently. And Aaron Rodgers said as much. He said, I don't think this is part of a trend. This is just something that happened. And he, he quite literally said shit happens. So I don't think offensively, this is something where you say, oh, well, against physical teams, X. Against physical teams, X. I don't buy that. I just don't buy that. This is something I've, I've, I've heard a lot from people on Twitter. Oh, well, against physical teams. You know who's a physical team? The Minnesota Vikings. They're a physical team. They want to play with a tight end and a fullback, and they want to come downhill and hit you in the mouth. You know who the Packers blew the doors off? The Vikings. Now, the Vikings aren't a very good team, but they're a physical team. Okay? And also, you know what the, the, the Saints are? That's a physical team. We think about Drew Brees, and we think about Michael Thomas, who didn't play in the game that, that they played against the Packers. That team is physical on both sides of the ball, and Green Bay blew them out early. Just said, you can't play with us. And they couldn't. New Orleans could not hang with Green Bay. That's a physical football team. Green Bay said, okay, it's fine. You want to play physical? We'll play physical. This is not some style problem. This is an execution problem. And you go back to the first month of the defense last year. The first month of the defense in 2019, Green Bay and Mike Patton was being talked about as the thing. Remember week one last year, Aaron Rodgers goes on national TV and says, we have a defense. And and through the first couple of weeks, Mike Patton is getting, hey, he's the, he might be the next head coach guy somewhere. Think about how far we've come from that moment. And we have historical data that says, especially with defenses, what happens early in the season has very little correlation to what happens at the end of the season, mostly because what the data says is defense is pretty random and mostly reliant on the offenses that you play. But this is another reason why you look at this game and you say, okay, the reasons the Packers got beat up by the 49ers in that regular season matchup are things that are probably going to happen again. Now, we thought Brian Bulaga would play better than Alex Light, but the Packers were getting pushed around by that front even before Brian Bulaga got hurt. That front pushed everyone around. And that offense beat up everyone. We knew what that team was. That team was a juggernaut last year and had been all year and was after that and was in the playoffs. And it took Patrick Mahomes doing some crazy stuff and Jimmy G peeing down his leg for them to lose that Super Bowl. So this is not the same thing. What did the Packers do No, it's not even that. What did the Buccaneers do to win this game? They created turnovers. Well, turnovers are highly variable. And Green Bay, by the way, doesn't turn the ball over. So you really think that's a sustainable formula to to beat the same team? It, It just doesn't work that way. Chances are the next game, Green Bay will not turn the ball over as much. And chances are they will not play all-time bad offense. One of the worst performances of Aaron Rodgers' career. And by the way, in the in the second game against the 49ers, the offense was much better. It was the defense that couldn't get a stop. 
So you, you have to hope that that is not also history repeating itself. But then defensively, Montrevious Adams steps up and starts making plays. Chris Barnes was really good again. Kenny Clark is going to work his way back in this. Rashawn Gary returns to the field. You need your guys to play. You need your guys. Where is Zadarius Smith? Where is Preston Smith? Adrian Amos didn't have a very good game. Darnell Savage is not an impact player right now. I love Savage's talent. He's not making an impact on this team. That is the biggest difference between this defense now and this defense the first month of last season. Zadarius and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark and Adrian Amos, those guys were impact players. Darnell Savage too. Impact players consistently impacting the game. They're not doing it right now. And it doesn't mean they can't, but they aren't. And that's the biggest difference. And so, look, we can talk about Mike Patton. And we could talk about the decision on the longer third and goal that the Patriots scored on the Patriots. I keep doing that. The Buccaneers, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the Patriots. That the Buccaneers scored on. They rush three and drop eight. And they give Brady all day to throw and he finds Tyler Johnson for a touchdown. That, to me, that call is what led the touchdown, not Josh Jackson's coverage. Because you can't ask him to be out there and and thinking, okay, I've got to cover for eight seconds and the ball could come out. No, these guys have to, these guys have to be put in positions to succeed too. Now, I think they have in, in a lot of ways in terms of the front, those guys, they haven't produced. They're not winning their matchups. And it's something that's going on around the league. A lot of teams are not getting the same kind of pressure because the league is not calling holding the same kind of way. But there are, there are some guys getting it done. Miles Garrett is still having a great season. TJ Watt, all those Steelers guys, they are having a great season. And you know why? They're playing aggressive. They're playing aggressive. They're saying, okay, we're not going to let you have any time. If you want to beat us, you got to beat us with the ball out quick and we're going to rally and tackle. What Mike Patton had done previously is say, we're going to rush four, believe we can get home, and if not, we're going we're gonna to have everything in front. And by the way, that, that worked, really. I mean, it's not as though the Buccaneers drove the length of the field a bunch of times. That didn't really happen. I mean, if you look at their scoring drives, and they didn't have one scoring drive over 10 plays. Not one. The goal was to make this team have to have long scoring drives. They only had one scoring drive over 10 plays. In fact, they only had one scoring drive over eight plays. That's not going to work. Part of that is short fields. J.K. Scott, by the way, didn't have a good game. Punting the ball was not able to flip field position with any kind of regularity. That is looking like, you know, one of Brian Gutekind's biggest bonehead picks. Because it just, you drafted a punter. And unless that guy is destroying teams with field position, probably not worth it. And even then, probably not worth it. So this game is sort of the poster child game for your best players have to play well. Aaron Rodgers didn't play well. David Bakhtiari didn't play well and gets hurt. Zadarius Smith didn't play well. Kenny Clark didn't play well. Devontae Adams, fine. Aaron Jones didn't play well. Didn't play well. 10 carries, 15 yards. Now, that, that's not all on him. The offensive line has to do the thing. But Jamal Williams, four carries, 34 yards. Aaron Jones was a factor in the passing game, but did have that drop. 
and and we have to remember Matt LaFleur didn't coach well. Mike Patton didn't coach well. So what did they do well? Not a lot. Not a lot. So let's see. The Buccaneers played perfect football, didn't make any mistakes, maximized every opportunity they got. Green Bay made a slew of boneheaded mistakes, didn't play well up front, didn't coach well, didn't execute well. Yeah, you're going to lose. You're going to lose in those positions. And that's what happened on Sunday. And if you don't want to lose the battle with hunger, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. So give it a try. Check out flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, banana bread, salted caramel, double chocolate. They're all covered in chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And Built Bar is great for the health conscious person who's trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. I want to finish with just a quick thought. I was watching the 49er game after Green Bay played, and the first drive stood out to me. And the reason it stood out to me is because um, the 49ers just got their doors blown off by the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, by the way, a bad team. And there's still going to be a lot of Packers who who say, Packer fans who say, well, the 49ers are still going to be better than us and they're still going to kill us. They haven't looked like a very good team this year. And they just got absolutely flattened by a fine Miami team. This Buccaneers team might very well be the most complete team in the NFC. And I think they have the highest upside of any team along with Green Bay, because I do still think Green Bay's defense, if they can coalesce a little bit more and they and the guys can do just baseline play better. I mean, I, I know I've been beating this drum all year. I think at some point they're going to start playing better. That What the 49ers did on that first drive was basically say, take us home, Debo. They had the little shovel pass. They had the reverse. And what Debo can do is inject life into your offense without having to get open, without having to drop back, without having to use play action. You just manufacture ways to get him touches, and he can get you 10, 15, 20 yards. Now, Devontae Adams is a better player than Debo Samuel. George Kittle is a better player than Debo Samuel. I, I would rather have either one of those guys than Debo. 
But the Packers don't have that guy. The guy who can take a receiver screen and turn three into 30. The guy who, whether it's a running back, whether it's a receiver, whatever it is, or a hybrid player, they don't have that lightning in a bottle player. And that was who I thought they were going to go out and get in the draft or in free agency. They don't have that guy who can just jumpstart who can get the defibrillator out. When things are going bad, they have a play for this guy and he can go get you something. Now, Green Bay has never really had that guy because that guy has always been Aaron Rodgers and he would just make a play. He would just manifest a play. Well, he's not able to do that anymore, not consistently. And so this would have been why you go out and you trade up for Brandon Ayuk. Or, you know, the year before, we can have those discussions again. I don't really want to. My point is, while I have said that we were undervaluing the talent already on this roster, I don't think we were undervaluing what injuries could do or what adversity could do. This team still relies a lot on the execution of it and the scheme of it. Because the talent is not elite. You, Aaron Rodgers is, Devontae Adams is, Aaron Jones is, and the offensive line is. And usually that's enough. But what happen, happens when those parts aren't playing well? You know, the 49ers offensive line isn't playing great. Jimmy G isn't playing great. So it's hard to get the ball to George Kittle if Jimmy G is not playing great. But you know what you can do? A little flip play to Debo Samuel and he can get you 12. Or he can fall on top of a a defender, get up because he wasn't touched down, and pick up 15, 20 more yards. Those kinds of plays Green Bay, they don't have. It's why Antonio Gibson would have made more sense than A.J. Dillon. Or Brian Edwards. Or some of these other players that, that were out there. Now, there's no guarantee that they would have been able to contribute this year. You look at the Eagles, you know, John Hightower, who is someone that a lot of Packer fans wanted on day three. He wide open for what would be a walk-in touchdown, drops the ball. I mean, not everyone turns out to be Justin Jefferson. Now, plenty of the receivers in this class were really good. A lot of them, Green Bay didn't have a chance to draft, so it's not really that big a deal for us to talk about, but this is why. And you can say, okay, the offense has been historically good. That's true. But they've been historically good because the context was good and the defenses were bad. What happens when the adversity hits? What happens when you get behind? What happens when your best players are not clicking? Who can you go to? That, by the way, is why the Saints use Taysom Hill. Now, I still hate that. I still think it's stupid because they they go to it in situations where it's dumb and they do it too often. But, you know, in the playoff game last year, their offense really couldn't do anything. Drew Brees couldn't do anything. And they needed those Taysom Hill plays. It's nice to have. It's not something you need, but it's a nice to have. It's like home shopping. You know, I'm in the market for a house right now. There are must-haves and there's nice-to-haves. It would be nice to have another guy. Now, you're going to lose some games. As Aaron Rodgers says, shit happens. But it would be nice to have. And Green Bay could have planned differently their offseason. A.J. Dillon you know, his most carries in, in a game this season, five carries, 31 yards. And by the way, had a 20-yard run, looked pretty good. Would like to see him get some more carries. Maybe you can use Aaron Jones a little bit more in that jet while Tyler Irvin gets healthy because you can play A.J. Dillon. 
That would be a good thing to see. So Green Bay needs its best players to play better. They need its coaches to coach better. They just need to be better. And we've seen them do it. So again, I think this is an aberration. And I think they're going to play better starting this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.